Hello, uh, welcome to the MyCom podcast. This is a brand new show where authors and experts offer advice on church marketing, outreach ideas, and new technology. We're all about helping communities of faith learn how to effectively find their audience and share their stories with the world. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Watson, and this is my fellow marketing scientist, Darby Jones. Hello, world. Uh, yeah, I'm Darby Jones, producer of MyCom newsletter. You may have seen my name coming through in your email. I, uh, I produce and edit the MyCom, and I, I don't know what I'm, my role is here. I guess I, I'm like the uh, techie sidekick guy. I think of you as my guru. I, I just like listening to you talk. I like <laughs> words coming out of your face. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good I'm a big thing. fan of words myself. But uh, I'm happy to be here with you, John, and I love that we're doing this. Yeah, together. me too. I'm, I'm excited to get going, man. For me, I've been in the marketing world for about a decade um, with some experience in Bible software, church leadership, and as a marketing manager at United Methodist Communications. And I'm really excited to be a part of this endeavor to help churches hone their communications. So let me give you a little history here. MyCom started as a church marketing and communications email newsletter, uh, I guess, seven years ago or so. Um, and it's grown into a just a really great biweekly resource with somewhere in the ballpark of 37,000 deeply engaged readers. Um, it's just been really fun to be a part of that and, and see that grow so much and see it help so many churches. It's an exciting program. Uh, it is a program of United Methodist Communications. So just FYI, we're coming from a United Methodist perspective, but you know the principles we teach and what we talk about here, it's widely applicable across all denominations. So really, no matter who you are, dear listener, uh, this is for you, um, regardless of your church background. We're just really glad you're here. So we, we are talking about church marketing. That's what this whole podcast is about, not just this one show. And there are a few things that I want to preface our podcast with. So first of all, this is important. Marketing is not a bad word for churches. And I think a few of us have come with that kind of baggage in tote. We think that marketing is all about selling a product and making money and deception. And it's not. Marketing, if I had to define it quickly, it'd be this. It's how you communicate about a service or a product to a particular audience. So an official definition that someone on the Googles wrote was, marketing consists of all the activities of individuals and organizations designed to identify, anticipate, and mutually satisfy the needs of all parties involved in the exchange. So marketing is communications from one party to another that helps mutually satisfy the needs of all parties involved. Now, my second point is this. Church marketing isn't just for the big guys. A lot of us, when we hear church marketing, we think about that big mega church in the city with the billboards and the TV advertisements. And, you know, that is church marketing. But if you're a small rural church, a church of any size, marketing is for you, and it doesn't need to look like that. There are a lot of different ways that we can apply these concepts that are going to be really useful for you. So don't tune out depending on your church size or your church's budget. We've really got something for you here. And lastly, and probably most importantly, you're already doing church marketing. And I think this is really crucial. Whether you see it or not, you are marketing your church. If you've got a sign in front of your building, if you've got a website, no matter how rudimentary, if you're on Facebook, if you print bulletins, if you've got a slideshow presentation during announcements, these are all aspects of church marketing, and I bet you do at least a few of them already. So my goal is not to uh, convince you to overcome the hurdle of starting to market your church, 
but rather to approach your church's existing marketing with a measure of intentionality and research, and then expand into further communication channels and mediums when applicable. So what you can expect from this podcast down the road, we're going to do this every couple of weeks. So we hope to keep the content fresh and relevant for you, and you can always check back and find something new. Um, we, we want to give you some anecdotes on how churches have succeeded or failed in their marketing efforts. I think we all learn from story. That's, that's just one way that's proven to really help us understand and grasp new concepts. So we want to bring you some stories down the road. We're also going to bring some practical help on approaching different channels for marketing. So whether it's how to build a successful church website or how to engage with Facebook or Twitter or how to make the most of your seasonal outreach programs, um, we really hope to, for this to be something where you can take it and uh, really apply what we're teaching pretty much immediately. This podcast is going to help introduce you to the underlying concepts of church marketing so that you can take these broad concepts and apply them to smaller specific areas of your church that need reinforcement. We're going to help you do that. And we've also got years of feedback and stories from our readers that you can look forward to. But we also really want to hear from you. So this is an interactive thing. Uh, we really want you to be a part of this podcast. So if you've got kind of a story of uh, a marketing or communication success or a failure, actually like the failure stories the best, um, it helps to laugh at ourselves and learn from our mistakes. And uh, you can take mistakes that you guys have made down the road and help so many other listeners with that. So we really value that. So please send that to us. You can email at podcast at umcom.org. And we'd love to hear from you, podcast at umcom.org. Also, if you've ever implemented any suggestions from the MyCom newsletter, we'd really like to hear how that went for you, both the good and the bad. We want to hear it. We're really all about growth based on feedback here. So please be a part of this journey with us. Now, if you're not already a MyCom email subscriber, I think you want to be. This is a great email. Um, it looks good. It's, it's written really well, and it's got some really practical stuff in it. So whether you're a church leader, a communications director, a sound guy or gal, youth minister, uh, no matter what your role is in the church, chances are you're communicating. And we've definitely got something for you to help you in your job and to help you grow as a communicator. Now, if you want to check out some awesome articles from the ghosts of MyCom past, head to umcom.org slash mycom and start exploring. Uh, you can search by specific topics or by past issues. And uh, Darby, you've been doing this a long time. What are some of your favorite articles that they can start with? Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, whenever we go to annual conference, uh, we get church leaders telling us the same things. Um, one of the biggest questions is, how do we do our website? And so we address this in one of our articles, 11 Mistakes to Avoid in Church Website Design. And, of course, we're not just focusing on the mistakes, but we also want to you know, show you, the, uh, you know, how to do it right, of course. So um, things like not including a definitive call to action and, and putting those uh, call to actions in prominent places, um, not optimizing your page for search engines, you know, like, one of the things that newcomers to your community uh, search first is kids' activities. So if you're in a small town and you have a, a web page titled Kids' Activities in Small Town USA, chances are you'll probably be on the top of that uh, the, the search results when somebody 
searches for that. So it's just like little tips like these about how to make your titles and how to optimize those pages um, are what we offer. And um, of course, we have an online training course that we uh, talk about in the article that walks you through WordPress and uh, directs you to our web hosting. Many people don't know we have, we do web hosting through umcchurches.org. And the, the training course walks you through setting up um, your site, uh, navigating through WordPress, and gives you several months or a few months of free web hosting. So we, we walk you through the whole process, and, and that's just, uh, that's just one, uh, one of our website articles. So with all this website stuff and this 11 Mistakes to Avoid in Church Website Design article— it sounds like the goal is just getting people through the door. It's getting your church found and driving visitors to your church. Is that right? Right. You know, we do a lot of Rethink Church ad campaigns across the nation, directing people to your church and guiding them there. But um, you all need to do your part, too, and, and create that space. So we, we offer web templates. We offer UMC website templates uh, through our hosting and, and WordPress uh package. So um, it's plug and play. You you enter your content and we walk you through the type of content that you should be entering. So uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. Uh, many people don't know about. Um, another article I really like kind of stems from pastors saying that we, we just don't have enough staff and volunteers and, and a budget to do all the things that you guys are talking about. And they're very programmatic, and, and a lot of these ministries are outdated, and then the churches are feeling like they're not really doing much in the community because they just don't have the, the resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that and, a lot. Yeah. So this article is called Questioning Charity, Redefining the Role of the Church, and it comes from uh, an article about Broadway United Methodist Church when the pastor, the new pastor, came in to this giant church. It was once thriving, had a lot of people coming, but over the years, the uh, the membership dwindled over time, and it was his role to revitalize the church. And the message that he gave the congregation was pretty shocking. He told them, look, you guys need to stop helping people. And everybody's like, what? That's that's what we do. We're, we're a church, you know? And so... Um, of course, you know, he didn't actually mean you need to stop helping people. He just meant that there's a, a more efficient way to do it, especially for a small church. And what he did was he hired a community listener, and that person went out and just started talking to people in the neighborhood. And instead of asking them what they needed, he asked them, how can you help the community, us, the cause? What strengths do you have to bring to the table? And that invigorated people. That that gives people a purpose. You know, instead of playing the victim, people thought, oh, wow, you need me. And, um, of, of course, you know, the, the listener would talk to them about their problems and, and lay hands and pray on them and do that. But the main focus was, well, how can you help? And so they started getting all these volunteers and people that were uh, – good at all sorts of things, uh, handymen and women and, and uh, youth that would, you know, rake leaves. And they just created this, like, database of people that and, and their strengths and, and the things that they could offer. And 
as they came across people with problems, they were like, oh, you know, I know this guy over here that does this. I can help you. That's exactly what you need. And so instead of being this like programmatic, you know, outdated mm. ministries and things that just aren't working, they started connecting people with people. And so they didn't have the resources to do this before, but they went out and found outreach programs that the city was already doing and homeless ministries and things that other churches were doing well, and they started connecting people to those resources. And so... So this isn't just serving a meal on Thanksgiving. This is a deep engagement of your community, meeting them at the level that they need to be met at. Yeah. I think we need to do a whole podcast on this topic, man. I would love to. Yeah, we 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 should follow up with with Broadway, UMC, and... uh, and yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, questioning charity, redefining the role of church is a great one. Another one that's sort of relevant for the times, you know, with all the uh, political hostility that's in the air. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Actually. <laughs> um, it's called Preaching Controversial Issues Without Dividing the Church. Mm. And I actually uh, reached out to Adam Hamilton and got permission to adapt one of his articles. And I kind of curated it down to a tips and tools type format. And so he's glad to, to work with me. And he just he provides just this really excellent guide about how to navigate the tricky waters of politics and or taboo subjects. And, you know, what you'll find is many of these subjects, people are already talking about them. They're They're highly engaging. Right. Um, but a lot of churches are just afraid to touch it, you know, because it splits so many hairs. And so Adam really outlines how to approach controversial subjects from every side of the issue, how, how to really know your other side's, the other side's stance, maybe even Mm. better than they do. And presenting that side first, um, instead of cramming your position down first, you know, Tell them their side in a way that that's better than they could even explain, mm-hmm. and don't make a, a a stance. You know, present both sides or all the sides of the issue without telling the congregation what to think and, and how to think. And so it's, it's it sounds like an exercise in empathy. It is. Is it is. It's a really, really excellent guide. And so these these are the types of articles. This is just uh, scratching the surface right. of what you can expect uh, with MyCom and, and some of the topics that we'll be discussing in the podcast. How many articles do you figure we've written over the years? Oh, hundreds. Um, hundreds. And then... Uh, would you say bazillions, maybe? I would. Yeah. <laughs> I would say bazillions, <laughs> yeah. To be accurate. <laughs> Bazillion and one. A bazillion and one. There, ladies and gentlemen, there are a bazillion and one articles just like that waiting for you at umcom.org slash mycom. Uh, there are also um, a, a lot of articles that provide sermon or small group ideas, and uh, you can find those at umcom.org slash sermon ideas, and those are really worth checking out. So, like I said, you know, we've had some some great feedback on articles like Darby was just talking about over the years, and I thought I'd share a couple comments from our MyCom readers with you. And uh, by the way, this is this is called social proof in marketing speak, and it's a really effective way to demonstrate to your audience that your product or service is worthwhile. So we're going to do it. So here's the social proof. Pastor Katie Coots writes this. I am moving to a new appointment in a few months where there's no website, no podcasts, etc. I have been fretting on where to get up-to-date information so I can put all these pieces in place. Lo and behold, today your email came out about social media. I just kept clicking on links and tie-ins and have found so much great information so quickly. I'm astounded and relieved. 
two articles were particularly helpful. So you have helped two churches significantly. So thanks so much. So thank you, uh, Pastor Coots. We're really glad that that was helpful for you. Uh, William Nelson writes, what an awesome resource. I learned more this morning from reading your articles than I have learned in years from asking questions piecemeal of friends, family, and coworkers. The information was very well organized and presented in easy-to-understand language that made me feel very confident in my ability to understand and implement the various lessons. Thank you. Now, if you would just do a series of lessons on how to use my Samsung S5. William Nelson, you have a marvelous name. And let me say right now, if you want help on using your Samsung S5, look no further than androidpit.com slash galaxy dash S5 dash tips. And it'll get you on the road again in no time. Good old Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. <laughs> Please don't start singing. Actually, Darby's got a wonderful voice. That would be a treat. Anyway, um, it, you know, if you're a United Methodist and you're not a uh, regular visitor on UMCOM's website or umc.org, you should change that. Uh, even make it part of your morning routine every day. We're posting great articles, resources, videos, podcasts. It's a great source for UMC news, uh, spiritual, practical encouragement. And one of our favorite sections of the site is the umcom.org slash learn and umcom.org slash training. And you're going to find a lot of helpful stuff there that's being updated pretty regularly. And we're going to talk more about training in a little bit. Uh, actually, that would have been a really good segue into our sponsored content. So when we come back in just a minute, uh, we're going to talk about some of the underlying concepts of marketing. We're just going to dig right into the meat of it. Awesome. So our sponsored message today is from the training team here at United Methodist Communications. These are some of my favorite people in the building. i got to be honest with you. I love working with the training team. They put out some fantastic online training that you can sign up and actually take a course, a class, that's going to dive into topics that go just across the board. One that I want to pull out today is the church marketing class. It's called Church Marketing, How to Effectively Reach Your Community. This is designed to help tell your church's story. It's a start-to-finish guide designed just for United Methodist churches, and you're going to create a church marketing plan that will help you define your church's unique calling, strengths, and community needs so you can effectively reach people. Guys, this is a low-cost, high-quality, tried-and-true way to really hone your marketing efforts, your communication efforts at your church. I highly recommend it. Uh, so please go visit umcom.org slash training. And if I could jump in, um, some of you may be familiar with our church marketing plan tool on the websites in the learn section. Um, that has been revamped in this course. It was a long, arduous process. You needed a whole team. It took months. And it was really in-depth, and you know, we'll still have that available for uh, churches that are, you know, want to take the deep plunge. We, we wanted to make it easier for you all. We tightened it up and made it into like a, like a two-week process that can be done with a small team. We just we want you to figure out what your church's unique calling is, what your community's needs are, and then come up with a plan to figure out how those two things can converge. You know, where can your church's strengths and the community's needs converge? So we made it easy for you all, and you all should definitely check it out. So visit umcom.org slash training and check out this effective and accessible church marketing course. 
So this is the MyCom podcast, and we're just about to discuss some of the underlying concepts and terms used in church marketing and marketing broadly. And we're really glad you're here. Let's just dive right into this, okay? And let's, let's take a small step back from the church world for just a second and talk about the fundamentals that apply to all of marketing. And I think this is going to help us. Uh, so in the rest of the episode, we're going to cover the basics, uh, standard terminology, underlying concepts, and common marketing channels. Now, just a quick note, the terms we're going to discuss aren't going to be comprehensive by any means. This is intended to be kind of a quick primer on some of the basics that, that could be confusing from the outside if you just jump in. But in subsequent episodes, we're going to work to define and explain any particular marketing terminology that's used in that episode. So don't worry. But you can use this episode as kind of a reference point to kind of come back to if you ever need help remembering uh, any of the concepts that we talk about. And one more thing, we are going to put up some outlines, helpful links, and resources on our website, so you don't have to worry about taking notes if you're interested in what we're talking about. I know I listen to a lot of podcasts while driving, and if you're like me, please don't try balancing a notepad on the steering wheel. It's not a safe choice. <laughs> uh, we're all about safety here, folks. So what you need to do is you need to go and subscribe to the MyCom email list, and we're going to send you a link to the summary of this podcast episode. Yeah, it'll be below in the description. All right, let's dive right into some terminology. I've got two terms for you. We're going to keep it really simple today. The first term is audience. Now, this is not in the entertainment context, okay? Um, a lot of people cringe if you say audience to a preacher, and they say, no, 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 it's not an audience. It's the church attendees or it's the congregation. You know, you're right. A sermon is not entertainment. We understand that. When we say audience... From a marketing context, we simply mean the intended recipient of a message, right? So when Paul wrote Corinthians, his audience was the church in Corinth. When we put up a billboard, our audience are the drivers by. Drivers by? People who drive by. Drive buyers. Drive buyers. Drive buyers. We're going to land right there. So audience, intended recipients of a message. Now the second term, demographic. This speaks to the specifics of that audience. So their age, their gender, their income levels, etc. Now, you might want to take a little bit of time and mentally kind of survey your church and your community and figure out what the general demographic already is. And you might find some unserved demographics in your community. Once you know who they are, you can adjust your messaging to address them a little bit more specifically. And we'll get into more concrete examples of this in future episodes. So stay tuned there. All right, so I've got, uh, I didn't count them. It looks like about six or seven concepts for you. And uh, we're just going to go through them and kind of chat about it. And uh, these are going to be, this is your foundation for your, your new career as a church marketer. So first of all, you got to know your audience. This just, it, it seems like it would go without saying, but it really doesn't. It's a good reminder. You got to know your audience. Does your church naturally appeal to young people more than older generations? Do you happen to have a lot of seminary-trained members? Do you have a, a disproportionate struggle to recruit volunteers into helping? you, you got to recognize where your church is at now with all of its strengths and weaknesses before you can set a path for where you want it to be down the road. So uh, as much time as you can spend really getting to know the people in your community that, that you're hoping to draw to your church and the people that are already there, it will really help define what you're doing in your uh, communications. So you got to know your audience, but you also got to know your message. What are the emphases of your church? Are you all about international missions? Or are you extremely equipped for local community outreach? 
Yeah, maybe your church um, has a special heart for the underserved minority groups in your town. Or does your church's teaching focus on heavy exposition? If you can understand the heart of what your church is about, then you can start being more intentional with communicating that heart to your audience. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this when we talk about content and brand in a few minutes. So stick with us. Now, this next bit, this is my hobby horse. I talk about this all the time. I think it's really crucial. This is the concept of values and features. So let me put it this way. This is what I always say. It's always better to sell a clean kitchen than to sell a bottle of 409, right? You can sell somebody a cleaning product. Say, you know, picture a commercial. If they just hold up a bottle of cleaning product and say, this is great, you should buy this. It's not very compelling. But if they show you a beautiful kitchen that's just sparkling, and then they tell you that 409 did this, that's going to sell more cleaner, right? So especially with an external audience, people that you want to bring to your church, it's important to communicate in a value-first way as much as possible. So sell the kitchen, not the cleaner, right? Uh, Talk more about them and what they're going to get. Talk about more about the benefit to them than about you and what you offer. Um, Ultimately, I mean, if you're selling a product, I know you're not. Sometimes I do. If I sell a product, um, you know, really people aren't interested in your product. They're interested in what the product's going to do for them. When you buy your smartphone, are are you buying the Samsung S5 because it says Samsung S5 on it? Or are you buying it because of the convenience it's going to add to your life? So values and features, keeping the value first in your messaging Um, That's a really key component of marketing, and I fully expect to come back to that in every single episode we do. So (laughs) bear with me. We're going to ride that horse for a while. Do you have uh, an example of how a church might provide their values first or, or, you know, simply listing their ministries and and, uh, what the ministry does and what it's about, but but the value that they would get out of it? Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about internal, um, internal messaging for a second. You do a lot of communication, chances are, in your church to your existing church attendees and church members about programs that you've got going on, right? So uh, maybe you're doing a Thanksgiving feast. You can list out, you know, all the times and the, and the time and the place and all of the details of who should bring what food items to the potluck and child care will be provided, this and that, where it's going to be held, etc. Those are valuable things. You've got to communicate that. But what if you led by a message of, rest and refreshment in fellowship together, breaking bread with brothers and sisters, you know, that they're going to participate together to use biblical language, you know, New Testament language. They're going to have real participation in the spirit together over a feast. I mean, Jesus loves to feast. We're going to feast with Jesus one day. He's, a, he's all about feasting. So if you can communicate something of that rest and refreshment in your messaging, that makes me want to show up a lot more than, you know, leading with the headline of child care will be in building C. So, uh, you know, that's, that's one small example, but you can apply that all over. And if you take it to your external audience, here's one place that this happens all the time. It's your church signs with the marquee, you know. A lot of times people will put up sermons at 1030, right, or uh, join us for our worship service on Sunday. What if you put up the core message of your church, a safe place for all people? Or come hear a message of hope at 1030. Doesn't that speak a little bit louder than just simply a sermon time? So those are some really 
simple, small ways to apply kind of that value, value first method of writing. I think you can really just have fun dreaming with that and applying that to everything you do. So that kind of leads to the next thing that I want to talk about, which is needs. When anyone looks at a product or service, they've got an immediate sense of whether they need it or not. And that may or not be accurate. But felt needs are the easiest to fulfill through a marketing message. All you got to do is show them that you meet their need. But when someone doesn't feel the need, your task as a communicator becomes a bit more complex. You've got to show them their need for the service you offer. And that's, that's a bit of an uphill battle. And we are also going to apply this in future episodes. This is a big one. But I want to get you familiar with the concept. So as an example, well, I'll, I'll use a personal example right now. We don't have a toaster in my kitchen. We use our oven and put it on broil and put the bread in, and I burn the hairs off the back of my hand daily going in to flip the bread and, and get the other side toasted properly. And we get a lot of blackened bread with our breakfast eggs. And uh, I, I, I kind of need a toaster. I just haven't gone out and made that purchase yet. So when the Black Friday deal shows up on my doorstep and you open the paper and Target selling toasters with at half off, I've got a felt need, and I want that product, Right. But if they're selling Furbies, I don't need that in my life. I don't think I need that in my life. So let's say you're trying to sell a Furby. This is the silliest that I did not expect to be saying this. That's never a sentence I've ever said. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go with it. Let's say you're trying to sell a Furby. You've got to convince that person they need a Furby in their life, right? So the message shouldn't be buy a Furby. The message should be about the person you might want to buy a Furby for. And it might show you how buying a Furby for your little nephew Timmy will be your kids don't want toast. Your they kids want don't want toast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Darby, for putting a cap on that really strange example. Um, so here's something you can do to kind of identify some needs. Uh, take some time in the next couple of days with a notepad and pen, not while driving, and write down uh, what you think some of the felt needs of your congregation are and some of the felt needs of your community. Then you can compare and contrast them as two separate audiences. Then you can write down the message that your church is sending out through any means to the two audiences. Are you communicating in a way that addresses their felt needs? Should you or do you need to demonstrate the need so that it becomes felt? This is a crucial step in understanding the impact your communication efforts have and the impact they could have. And uh, it may sound tedious, but take 10 minutes and I think it'll really help you. Now you're going to hear the word content a lot. And it's fairly self-explanatory, but I do want to flesh it out just a little bit. So when we talk about content, from a marketing perspective, we're going to talk about two things. First, it's anything written or any audio content like uh, blogs, social media, posts, podcasts, videos. All of that's content, right? But second, it also refers to the message of your church. And this is that emphasis of your church that we were talking about earlier. That means what's preached from the pulpit and taught in the classes. So here's a pithy little quote from an author and blogger, uh, Marcus Sheridan. He said, Great content is the best sales tool in the world. Now, I know we're not selling here, but the concept still remains. You can market all day long, but if you don't have solid, engaging content, meaningful content, it will all be for naught. So the real meat of what we're doing here is the message of your church. It's important to never forget that all of our marketing efforts are to support your church's transforming message of grace and hope. Yeah, going back to the needs versus the benefits, if instead of blasting your church's programs on social media all the time. What if you gave them just great 
great Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what if you focused on what they actually want? Maybe they need uh, an inspiring message. You know, maybe they need to open up their Facebook and see uh, something beautiful and oh, something yeah. to to make their lives better. And so, if you can create this kind of content, but then subtly pitch your churches ministries and programs that align with that content that's easier to digest than just always seeing the the next you know program or ministry or event that your church is doing you know if you can um preach a message or a small group lesson and then something that your church does relates to that message or Mm -hmm. sermon and then you can say oh by the way we're doing this that relates that's so much easier to digest and to be interested in. And, you know, the the morning announcements often get pretty boring. You know, people <laughs> yeah. kind of get desensitized to them. It's like, you know, okay, here's the announcements, you yeah. know, tune out. But what if those announcements were given in the middle of great content that yes. you're interested in? And so that's the idea of content marketing, aligning your churches, ministries, and programs with great content. And it's an art, and that's one of the things we'll be talking about. Absolutely. I actually think we should probably have a whole podcast devoted to uh, worship service announcements. I've seen it done so well, and I've seen it done so um, drably, if you get my meaning, the the ones that make you sleep versus the ones that make you perk up. You know, the whole point of announcements is getting your message out there and and helping people pay attention and know what's going on. So um, I think we're going to put together something to help you engage your congregation through the announcements. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think especially social media can be a great place, a place that so many churches are already using to think through how to apply your church's core messages and that message of grace and hope to the life of the church, right? Especially right now for us, it's approaching Thanksgiving and Christmas. My church has a lot of single young college students who are away from their families and This season is often marked by loneliness. What if social media were the place where we brought them that gospel message of grace, hope, the presence of Christ, the encouragement and comfort of the believers and of the Spirit? I think that would be just God-glorifying use of social media and really good and healthy for your communications in your church. And that, that actually brings us to the next point, which is voice. Now, voice is the consistent tone and style with which you address your audience. Do you like how we didn't end with a preposition there, with which you address your audience? Nicely. Ending a sentence with a preposition is just something up with which I will not put. (laughs) Anyway, a a voice can be, your voice can be casual or formal, informational, uh, witty, dry, exciting, serious, clever, or straightforward. It can be filled with whimsy or with gravitas. We're all about gravitas here, if you can tell. It's important to look at at who your audience is and how they like to communicate and then tailor your voice to what will best meet their needs. There's a million examples out here. The one that comes to mind for me, because I like my iPhone, is Apple. So if you dig through Apple.com, you're going to find marketing copy that is short to the point and has kind of a subdued wow factor. Their headlines are punchy and clever, and their body copy, the, the meat of what they write below the headlines, Contains only minimal jargon, but the impressiveness is just cranked up. Their goal is clearly to knock your socks off and uh, with, with just the blazing speed and beauty of their products. And they did all this on purpose, and it seriously works. I encourage you this week, especially as uh, in the holiday season when you're, we're bombarded with so much advertising of different products, 
look at the way that these companies talk about their products and you're really going to learn something about how to craft the right voice especially if you look at the products that appeal to you the most start asking yourself why and how did they talk to me that it made me resonate you know and just to interject this podcast might actually come out in the new year because we're going we're going to get right. a few podcasts in the can before we we release this to you all so that, that you all can consume uh, a good bit of it and really dive in so it, it might be uh, Easter yes. or, or something. Yeah. <laughs> and happy Independence Day as well. Right. <laughs> so the last concept that I'm going to bring up today is the concept of a brand. This is a big concept. A brand is an interesting thing. It encompasses a lot. It encompasses your logo, voice that we just talked about, and perhaps most importantly, your culture. And when I talk about culture, I mean that feeling you get when you spend time in your church and interact with your people, Right. Um, And it also is reinforced by the emphases of your church and its core heart message. Um, Let me make a little sidebar here. Culture is important, and it's important to communicate through your marketing what your culture is. Let me use my church as an example again. When I think about my church's culture for a second, I find it's a place of safety. It's encouraging. It's warm. And when you walk through those red doors, you receive a welcome on behalf of Jesus Christ, and you belong. It's in our best interest to understand that culture, identify it, name it, and then communicate it out there to our audience. I mean, that's an inviting message. Why wouldn't we be talking like that to our community at large and inviting them into this culture? So to bring it all together, I hope we didn't lose you in any of the marketing jargon, but I want to bring it back to center for a minute. Why are we doing this? Here's the thing. We're not just selling a product or providing a service like a tire change. In the walls of our churches is a fountain of living water. There's real truth, real mercy, real forgiveness freely given. And it is our God-given duty to spread the news about this with his authority to the ends of the earth. And honestly, that starts with our neighbors and our communities, right? So when we're talking about church marketing, it's for this reason. It's to graciously and effectively invite our neighbors to experience Jesus through the ministry of the word and prayer. So. I think that about wraps it up, Darby, for episode one, MyCom yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, and follow us. And please go to umcom.org slash review and write a review on iTunes. You know, we're just starting out, so we need all the help we can get. And if you can leave us a, a nice review, iTunes will give us some prominence and even more church leaders can enjoy this message and learn and share their story of hope and grace with the rest of the world. So thank you all, John. Yeah. Thanks for being here, guys. We look forward to the next episode. See you then. Take care. You stay classy, San Diego.